All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Spoiler Alert Podcast. I know what you're thinking. I'm not Dylan. And you would be right. It's just me, Ty, this episode. Uh, Dylan had some family stuff come up this week that he had to go and deal with. So he'll be back next week, though. It's all going to be good. He didn't leave the podcast. He didn't break up with me. Nothing like that. But, um, yeah, just going to be me this episode. Probably going to be a shorter one. We won't call it the full episode 20 extravaganza. We'll call it like 19 and a half. Uh, It doesn't feel right to do the 20th episode without Dylan. So we'll save that for next week. And next week, I'm sure we'll be talking about these upcoming movies. So let's jump into it, everybody. Here we go. <clears throat> okay, so first up, we have The Flash here, which stars Ezra Miller as Barry Allen slash The Flash. Um, and it's going to see him use his super speed to change the past and attempt to save his family, creating a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. So it's kind of similar to all the other Marvel movies we had just come out with Across the Spider-Verse, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Spider-Man No Way Home. A lot of multiverse shit going on here. And uh, I guess that's the thing these days for superhero movies. So we'll see how it stacks up compared to those other ones. Spoiler alert, I did see it today. So I already have my takes on it. I'll save that for next week, though, when Dylan's here. But... Uh, this one also stars Sasha Cali, I think is her name, as Supergirl. She's mostly known for her soap opera work on The Young and the Restless. I think she was in like 200 episodes of that uh, or something like that. Uh, also stars Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne in Batman. And Michael Keaton also as Bruce Wayne in Batman. So the last time he played Batman was in 1992, and I wasn't even alive yet. Uh, so those Batman movies, super nostalgic though. I remember playing with those toys back in the day that, that old school Batmobile is really cool looking. Um, I don't want to get too into it though. Cause like I said, we'll be talking about it next week. Um, also stars Michael Shannon as general Zod, who we saw in man of steel. And, uh, he kind of dies in that one controversially because everybody was mad that Superman kind of just kills him. Like, I guess that's not a thing Superman always does, you know, just killing guys. But, uh, he did in that one, but he's back in this one because it's a multiverse movie. So um, it's currently at about a nine or ninety. They wish it was a ninety. It's currently at seventy percent critic approval on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I think it's about a six something on IMDb. That's usually what we go by. You know that by now. If you still tune in, we use IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes like like it's our job. Um couple other things coming out this week not a ton we also got elemental coming this week so it features ember and wade i mean what a what a combo of names there ember i'm sure that's like a little fire person and wade yeah they're in a city where fire water land and air residents all live together so i haven't heard of a single person in this movie and uh its highest rating is currently a 75 on metacritic i believe uh, it's got a 6.8 on IMDb, though, so not terrible. Uh, this one is done by, I believe, Disney and Pixar. Yeah. So we have seen, um, I think it's been DreamWorks, Illumination, killing it lately with Mario, with Despicable Me and all that. 
So let's see if this is going to be any good for Disney uh, in the animation field. Lately, they haven't been putting out great ones. I don't. I can't remember the last great Disney animated movie that I've seen. Not that I've seen a ton, but yeah. That's coming out this weekend if you're into that. I'm sure we're probably both going to skip it. But uh, we also have The Blackening coming out this weekend, which we've seen a couple trailers for this. I did not know that this was coming out this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah. So this one features Steve, seven black friends going away for the weekend, ending up trapped in a cabin with a killer who has a vendetta. Will their street smarts and knowledge of horror movies help them stay alive? Probably not. Uh, this movie currently has a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Let's check the Rotten Tomatoes, just for the hell of it. Uh, it's currently got an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually kind of high. Uh, the trailers didn't really do anything for me. I didn't really plan on seeing this movie. Uh, the consensus says, while it could stand to be a little funnier and quite a bit scarier, the blackening is a thoughtful satire that skewers horror tropes and racial stereotypes. So, uh, good for them. Uh, like I said, I'm probably not going to run to the theater to see this one. Maybe catch it on streaming sometime if I'm in the mood for like a goofy uh, horror comedy. Not really up my alley, though, so I don't know. We'll see. But um, also coming out this weekend, we have Extraction 2 on Netflix. That's an at-home streamer to watch there, folks. So it's the sequel to the first Extraction movie on Netflix starring Chris Hemsworth. So it's a movie you can check out this weekend if you need something to watch. Um, so after barely surviving his grievous wounds, grievous wounds, that sounds terrible, grievous, um, his grievous wounds from his mission in Dhaka, Bangladesh, Tyler Rake, who I'm assuming is Chris Hemsworth, shout out to Tyler's, we out here, <laughs> um, uh, his team is ready to go take on their next mission. Uh, this is definitely on my list of movies to watch soon. Uh, I gotta watch the first one, though. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard. And I've read pretty good things about it. It's at like a 67% critic and 70% audience on Rotten Tomato and about a 6.7 on IMDb. So definitely a solid action movie you can watch at home. And uh, I'm sure the second one's probably going to be even better than that. Um, like I said, starring Chris Hemsworth and then a bunch of other people I've never really heard of. That typically is how it goes. We, we might recognize one or two people and then a lot of people that we don't know. Even though how many movies we watch every... Every week, every month. Still a lot of people we don't know, folks. All right, so let's jump into the news, shall we? So this week, a lot of Disney and Marvel and Star Wars and Avatar news. So bear with me because there's quite a lot. Um, a lot of shifting dates here. A lot of stuff getting pushed back and a few things getting pushed forward. So here we go. They're adding a Star Wars movie and a Moana live-action adaptation to their schedule and delaying the next three Avatar movies by a year, with the fifth Avatar movie coming out all the way in 2031. That feels crazy to even say out loud. 2031. Uh, not only will I probably quit caring about Avatar movies by then, it's just that's just so long from the first one that came out in 2009. That was. The first one came out in 2009, and if Avatar 5 comes out in 2031, that will be 22 years after the first one was filmed and released. That's crazy. 
Um, if that doesn't make you feel old, especially guys me and Dylan's age, I don't know what will make you feel old. <laughs> um, so, yeah, after that, uh, we have Moana, which is going to be released June 27th, 2025. That's a pretty... That's a pretty recent Disney animated movie to already be getting the live action treatment. Uh, so I'm sure that's not going to be as good as the animated one, just like all the rest of these live action Disney movies. They don't do as well as the animated ones just because it's kind of hard to capture animated stuff live action. Like uh, we've pretty much seen that in every one they've made. And I'll give an example. If, if they try to do a live action across the Spider-Verse or into the Spider-Verse movie, it wouldn't work just because there's just a lot of things that just work better animated. And it's tough to kind of translate that to live action. So I guess we'll see how Moana does in 2025. Um, after that, we have Deadpool 3, which was moved up. And that's going to be coming out in May 2024. We have an untitled Star Wars movie making its debut on December 18th, 2026. Um, Avatar 3, December 19th, 2025. And Avatar 4, December 21st, 2029. And like I said before, Avatar 5, December 19th, I don't even want to say it, but 2031. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> um so then we also have Captain America Brave New World, which used to be called Captain America New World Order. Um, I'm sure they changed that because they don't want to they don't want the Illuminati coming after them or something here. <laughs> Who knows? But um that'll be coming July 26, 2024. And then we have Thunderbolts was delayed to December 20th, 2024. Blade was delayed to February 14th, 2025. Fantastic Four was delayed to May 2nd, 2025. Um, Avengers The Kang Dynasty is being pushed back an entire year to May, May 2026. And uh, Avengers Secret Wars is jumping from May 1st, 2026 to May 7th, 2027. So a lot of these production delays are from the ongoing writer strike, which we talked about before here. And uh, that's another reason why Disney's having to overhaul their entire release plan here. So the longer the strike goes on, probably the worse <laughs> these movies are going to end up. These are all pretty big movies and IPs for Disney. So typically during like a strike, scripts and movies don't usually end up better than if there hadn't been a strike at all. So hopefully these movies end up being good. But as far as Marvel goes and Star Wars goes, they really need them to be pretty good or else people are just going to stop caring. Um, like we've said before, like I said again, um, we don't, we're not sick of superhero movies. We're sick of just meh superhero movies. We want something that's going to be good and worth our time and worth going to see in the theater. So hopefully those all end up being decent movies for Disney, for Star Wars, for Marvel, and Avatar whenever... Damn, I'll be in my third, my mid-30s by the time the fifth one comes out, and I probably won't care anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it for the Disney news. Let's jump into some other news. We have the new Leprechaun movie coming out um, at Lionsgate. So the Leprechaun movies are the longest-running franchise in Lionsgate history, and uh, it's going to get a fresh start as the studio reimagines the horror title for a new generation of moviegoers. 
So hopefully the leprechaun's not filming TikToks and sending out racy tweets, but um no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um yeah, the first movie came out in 1993 about a shoe-shining, gold-protecting, vengeance-dispensing leprechaun. Um, it became notable for featuring Jennifer Aniston in her film debut. So, you know, cool. Jennifer Aniston, cool. But uh, it also became a surprise theatrical moneymaker, launching a franchise that spanned three decades and eight movies, of which I've seen not a single one. <laughs> um, so good for them, I guess. Couple last things here. Shout out to Tay for this one. I still need to watch the first one, but uh, on the set of Gladiator 2, a stunt left several crew members injured. So while filming a planned stunt sequence on the film set, uh, an accident occurred in which several crew members experienced non-life-threatening injuries. That's not great. <laughs> um... A total of six people received treatment, four of whom remain in the hospital. All of the impacted crew members were treated for burn injuries. So this is a sequel to, like I said, the 2000 epic Gladiator. This one's going to star Paul Mescal, Pedro Pascal, Mescal, Pascal, say that seven times fast. I don't want to. I can't. <laughs> um, Denzel Washington and Connie Nielsen. I don't know who that is. But uh, maybe you do. And uh, Ridley Scott, who directed the first movie, is going to be uh, directing this one too. So that's a good look. Um, the first one won the Oscar for Best Picture, as well as the Best Actor for Russell Crowe. And uh, the sequel is being slated to hit theaters in November 22nd, 2024. But uh, really, it's just a good thing that Alec Baldwin wasn't on the set of this one. Because he probably would have somehow killed somebody with a gun, even though it's a gladiator movie. Or maybe chop somebody with a sword. I don't know. They didn't have guns back then, but he would have found a way. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but let's get in the meat up. Let's get into the meat of this episode. Uh, so I saw Transformers: Rise of the Beast, and I'm going to talk about it. Dylan probably won't see it. If he was here, I'd probably convince him to not see it. But let's get into it. Um, so it's set during the 90s, and a new faction of Transformers called the Maximals are joining the Autobots as allies in the battle for Earth. So it's the sequel to 2018's Transformers movie Bumblebee, which they didn't really do a good job of letting us know in the marketing of the movie. Uh, so it's technically separate from all the other Transformers movies, like with Shia LaBeouf, Meg Fox, all those ones, which I think there's... Maybe five? Five other movies? Completely separate from that. So, black it out. Doesn't matter. Um, this one stars Anthony Ramos, Dominique Fishback, and it has notable voice work from Michelle Yeoh, Ron Perlman, good old Pete Dinklage, and Pete Davidson. So, the Peets. We got the Peets, everybody. Um, this is currently sitting at a 6.6 .6 on IMDb. And a 53% critic approval rating with a huge 91% audience approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So let's get into it. Um, I'll keep it spo spoiler free for the most part, uh, just in case we have any diehard Transformers fans tuning in. Maybe I'll throw in a couple spoilers at the end. Um, if you really don't want to hear them, you can skip the last, I don't know, couple minutes of this part, but. 
it's really not that big a deal. <laughs> I'm sure you're not running to the theater to see the rise of the beast, but I did it for you guys for the podcast. Because like we said, even if something's bad or not a problem, you just start watching some more movies. We're gonna branch out a little bit more here. So um let's get into it. Um I didn't have very high expectations going into this movie at all. Uh like I said in the past episodes, not very high expectations. So the first one came out in 2007, and it hit at the perfect time for me. You know, I really liked it. Uh, I saw it in the theaters, so I do have a soft spot for that one. Even though I don't think I've seen it since. but uh, And I might have seen a couple other odd Transformers movie in there. But uh, yeah, that one had the... It had the Lincoln Park. It had Shia LaBeouf, Meg Fox. Shout out to my boy Mitch. I think him or I had the Megan Fox Transformers poster. I think it was Mitch in his room. Um, but yeah, so I didn't see Bumblebee, and uh, I haven't really seen too many of the other Transformers movies in between Rise of the Beast and the first one all the way back in 2007. But uh, I have seen, though, that Bumblebee isn't terrible, so that's probably why it got a sequel in which is Rise of the Beast here. So this movie has a really awesome, actually, 90s hip-hop soundtrack. So it does a good job of hitting that 90s vibe. Um, a lot of the Wu-Tang Clan, a lot of Biggie Smalls, a lot of that hip-hop that you hear in the 90s. So that was cool. That really took me back. Even though I was, like, I was five in the 90s. So I wasn't listening to it then, but I listen to it now. And that's all that matters, I guess, because I liked it. I liked the soundtrack a lot. Um, Pete Davidson, even though I'm kind of sick of hearing about him in, you know, pop culture, I think he does a pretty good job of voice acting Mirage in this. And you can tell it's really him immediately. Uh, like as soon as the car starts talking, I was like, oh, that's Pete Davidson. Um, I don't mind him as an actor, though, even though he's like everywhere and people always talk about him, SNL, all that. Uh, I liked The King of Staten Island a lot. That was one of my favorite movies a couple years ago. So I highly recommend checking that one out if you haven't. That's a good movie. And I think his new show is probably pretty solid too. I haven't watched any of that yet though. So I think Anthony Ramos does a pretty good job in his role too. And he fits in with this franchise pretty well. He's not too old like Mark Wahlberg was in a couple of those Transformers movies that I know he was in. And uh, he's not too young and annoying. So he fits his role pretty well. That being said though, I do think Dominique Fishback's character was kind of just there. Uh, she didn't really do a whole lot for me. She's like a great actress, though, as she's proved in the series Swarm on Amazon. That show's kind of about like an obsessed fan, kind of like, kind of like an obsessed almost. It's not Beyonce in the show, but it's like if Beyonce's fans were obsessed with her, and then shit spirals out of control, she starts killing people, all that. <laughs> it's pretty wild, actually. But yeah, she's good in that. But this, her character probably could have been cut. And you wouldn't even really notice. Uh, she doesn't really do a whole lot for me in this. Um, at about two hours and seven minutes long, I'm sure if they cut at least like 20 or so minutes from this, it could have been a little little bit better of a pace. But I did find myself a little bit bored and waiting on some action to happen. Because, you know, whenever you're in a Transformers movie, you're kind of just, you, I, you want to see Transformers shit happening. You want to hear the dubstep Transformer noise, see the CGI, all that. Um, but yeah, kind of have to wait for some of that in between 
all the dialogue that you get of them standing around talking about their, uh, I can't even remember what it's called. That's how unimportant it was. They, yeah. So they stand around, they look for a lot of things that they have to collect, try to save the world from the, I can't even remember, from the bad guys, the bad, the bad Transformers. It's called the trans warp key. That's what it is. Okay, I had to I had to look it up. That was driving me crazy. Um so yeah, like I said, I did get a little bit bored. I wanted some more action to happen in a Transformers movie. That's kind of what you want to hear and see. Some action. Um all in all though, I didn't hate this movie one bit, you know. I have my nitpicks. Um but it's tough to be critical on a movie that's really not quite targeted for two dudes with a podcast, you know. Uh, it's more for like parents to take their kids so they can go and buy an Autobot for them to play with after the movie. Hasbro. And actually, let's get into that real quick. So here's a quick spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear the last, I don't know, five minutes of Transformers Rise of the Beast spoiled. Um, at the end, they, you know, they save the day. Anthony Ramos' character gets back to his normal life and he's applying for a job, which... Spoiler alert, here it comes. Turns out to be the G.I. Joes. They knew that he was saving the world with the Autobots because of his walkie-talkies that he was using with his little brother. And he goes to a job interview expecting to just be security or whatever. Turns out it's the G.I. fucking Joes. So if uh, we get another Transformers movie here, probably going to cross over with the G.I. Joes and start the Hasbro Cinematic Universe. So that was pretty wild. I was, I kind of was like, what? That was just, it was very random. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so like I said, you just kind of shut off your brain. Don't look too deeply into it and watch. You could probably enjoy this movie if you're a fan of the franchise, especially, or if you just want to watch like a, a decent action movie. Um, that being said, I wouldn't run to the theaters to watch this uh, again by any means. And I'll probably never watch it again. But I think I'm going to end up around a 5 out of 10 on it. It could have definitely been worse. Uh, I didn't hate it. So that's the review for the episode. And uh, I think that's going to be the it be it for most of this year. Um, what else? I know we have Black Mirror Season 6 also came out today. So that's another thing we can talk about next week. So next week we'll probably be talking The Flash. Might even talk a little bit extraction since we can both stream it at home. Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for, we'll call it episode 19 and a half. A short one, a quick one, a banger. I'm not Bill Burr here, folks. I can't just rant for hours like he can solo on a podcast, but next week we'll get Dylan back. We'll have a lot more to talk about. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out and go watch some movies, everybody. Take it easy. 